Rabbi David Cohen is with us. The brand new book is entitled Together Again, Reimagining the Relationships that Anchor Our Lives. Uh, Rabbi David Cohen is the author, and uh, he is uh, described as a dynamic Torah personality who has been referred to as the Renaissance Rabbi. He um, graduated from Columbia Law School, holds a master's in family therapy from the University of North Texas, has done coursework at Columbia, Yad Vashem, and the Tikva Fund. He's also learned under some of the great Torah luminaries of this generation. He's author of the book, We're Almost There, Living with Patience, Perseverance, and Purpose. Uh, He is the host of the Jewish Philanthropy Podcast with thousands of listeners, a skilled fundraiser as a senior relationship officer at the Orthodox Union, and served 18 years in the pulpit rabbit at Manhattan, the five towns area in New York, and early in his career in New Jersey. Rabbi David Cohen, author of the brand new book, Together Again. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Malcolm, thank you so much for having me. It's been, it's been a while. It's been a few years, but it's great to be back. I appreciate that. The book's subtitle is Reimagining the Relationships that Anchor Our Lives. If not for the pandemic, would this book have been written? Uh, probably not. Probably not. The pandemic certainly was the was the impetus being cut off from so many loved ones and and watching so many people, unfortunately, tragically suffering in so many ways. It really gave real opportunity for many of us to reflect and to begin to reimagine. You know, many of us, we, we sometimes come up short in terms of our relationships because we're so haggard and we're so busy and we have so many things going on in our lives. And an unexpected benefit of the pandemic, I think, was really the ability to take a step back, to be by ourselves, to be really just intimately with our with our with our spouses if we were married and with children, but really being cut off from others, it was really an opportunity to really think about what would I like these relationships to be, when and hopefully if and when and thankfully we do have now the opportunity to to come back together and to reimagine that. You know, it's interesting. We always use the expression everything in moderation. And even for those of us mm-hmm. even for those of us who love our families and love our work. Uh, it just seemed that the extreme that was uh, instituted because of the pandemic um, it was not was not the best of situations. And I would argue that even those who, you know, again, you know, love and have um, and, and have, you know, fond uh, both memories and experiences uh, with people around them. Uh, at some point, it was just. I don't know, a little bit too much. How do you look back at that entire period? Do you look back with, you know, with, with great positive, uh, with a great positive outlook or do you, uh, or do you agree that there was a, a balance needed that wasn't there? First of all, I'll just say last night, I happened to be in Brooklyn for a Hanan Ben Ari concert. And I was, uh, you know, in, in the midst of thousands of people jumping and screaming and dancing and being inspired and being uplifted. And this turned to my life. I said, this is unbelievable. Like we were at we were at a Ishari Bo concert in the same locale about 18 months previous. It was kind of still very much on the heels of the pandemic. And right. we had to wear masks going in there. It was it was it was and it was just 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 as a reflection, like, wow, like, thank, thank God for where we are today. I mean, it's an amazing thing. Looking back, you know, it's hard to it's hard to even believe that we really were where we were. I, I thought it very difficult to, uh, to to grab onto. Frankly, different people experience it differently. It's very hard to say, you know, kind of from one objective standpoint, you know, good, bad, everything in life, I think, is a, is a hybrid, is a mixture of lessons that can be learned, uplifting and inspiring experiences, even in the most difficult of times. And of course, like as you're mentioning, obviously, 
there were times that were very, very challenging. You know, my, my, my individual work with people was certainly a skyrocketing during the time of the pandemic, <laughs> you know, with the advent of, of the, you know, the ability, I really had clients from throughout the United States were, were reaching out and people did need a lot of chizik and a lot of strength, Jews and non-Jews. I mean, people, all different types of people were struggling with people. And, and the basic, the baseline I'd say is like, if your relationships were pretty solid beforehand, you probably were able to catapult forward and, and to, and to thrive. Uh, despite the challenges and if relationships were a little shaky going into the pandemic, certainly uh, when you when you apply a lot of pressure to something that's not solid on a solid foundation, oftentimes you can have a, a detrimental impact. Uh, yes, uh, that I have to agree with. The book is called Together Again by David M. Cohen is with us. Uh, now, the book really goes through a lot of relationships, and we could we could spend a day, you know, talking about the different relationships that you are uh, uh, discussing here, including uh, relationships with role models and teachers, relationships with those who are different than us, relationships with oneself, relationships in time, space, and place, relationships with parents, spouses, and children, with the world at large. I mean, we're talking about every, every one of these chapters could have been its own book right yeah i mean certainly you could go you could go you know when you learn a, a torah topic right you could go right and certainly each of these essays and presentations could have could have been elaborated on and, and and gone a lot deeper in so yeah certainly i just wanted to touch on on things on a, on a basic level some of them certainly have footnotes that that point to deeper conversation but you know you're you are limited, right? You are limited when you're speaking. You can speak out an issue more. This is kind of giving what they call the Russia proclamation or the right. or the headings of of different uh, critical relationships. All right, with that with that in mind, now that we understand, we can't go through everything. Let's go through some of the things that you write about. You know, it's interesting um, on the topic of role models and teachers. Um, it, there's always this um, uh, there's always this discussion about whether a role model can come from outside of our religious realm uh can one learn something from those who are involved who those who may not be from our faith and in addition to that those who may be involved in things that you know we generally don't tend to gravitate to uh gravitate toward uh what could you tell us about learning from everybody about finding something to consider uh, almost anybody a role model if done the right way well chazal teach us right hello made me call adam who is a wise person, somebody who is able to learn from every person. I think, I mean, there may be different ways to interpret that, but certainly in the, in the broadest sense, there is what to learn from, from every person. I do make, you know, I'm not bashful about this. I do make references in some of the writing to even professional uh, athletes who I think one can learn from in certain ways, certainly not, uh, you know, as, as B'nai and Benos Torah, they're not, they're not people that we look up to in, in the fullest sense, but, but in terms of a work ethic, in terms of, uh, striving for excellence, you know, there, there definitely is uh, lessons to be learned in terms of how do you deal with defeat. Uh, we talk about in terms of a great tennis player. There's, there's definitely, there's definitely lessons that can be learned, you know, uh, across, across the board. I think from, from any, any human being, we can learn, we can learn a tremendous, tremendous amount. In fact, just in terms of one relationship that I mentioned uh, in the introduction to the book, it just because it's, it's very much Omed al it's very much on my mind right now. So. I was I was blessed and privileged just to celebrate my 50th birthday. Wow, and tough. this and this week I actually went out uh, for dinner. I have uh, we had a, we had a chevra, a group of us, five five guys. We all went to elementary school, high school together here in the Five Towns area, Hafter Hebrew Academy of the Five Towns in Rockaway, and we've been fortunate to stay together as friends for you know 35, uh, 40 plus years. We all got together 
this week, which was which was amazing in terms of relationships and gaining and growing and, and getting physical from each other. And in the book, I actually write in the introduction of the book is partially dedicated to a very close friend of mine, Rabbi Dr. Baruch Brian Galbit from Boca Raton, who unfortunately passed away a number of years ago from a brain tumor, and he was a tremendous role model. And I talk a lot about relationships, even with people that are no longer present, but people that we relate to them through our memory. And at this dinner with my friends, they were passing around some pictures that we had from camp when we went to Camp Raleigh many years ago. And, and Brian was actually in the picture with me, and I actually sent it to Brian's wife, who Baruch Hashem is remarried now. I sent it to her yesterday. So just in terms of just basic relationships, like it's just amazing just through the last few days, even just my, my, through my own experiences of being able to connect with people that are here, the people that are unfortunately not here and people that are, you know, with technology. Now you can connect with people no matter where they are and you can stay in touch with people. And it's really a beautiful thing. And it gives so much more meaning to, to my life and to other people's lives, uh, the benefit of having, people, people, meaningful people that we've been able to be connected with for so many years. And look, I mean, I have to admit that was one of the benefits of uh, being in a technological era during COVID, uh, that we were able, as you just described, to, you know, to zoom in with others and to, you know, g- get in touch with them, on a, you, know, on a, you know, in a second through uh, via telephone, FaceTime, etc. So all of that uh, were big benefits. Uh, it's just that you also have, it's obvious from the way you write and the way you speak, you obviously have a, a deep uh, understanding and a deep appreciation for the face-to-face encounter, for being able to, you know, sit down and speak to somebody, for, you know, the ability to sit down and interact with somebody. And I think, again, you know, the more we remember how much of a balance we need of that in our lives, the better off we are. <laughs> a thousand, a thousand percent. I, I know that you have a, a strong relationship with the Orthodox Union, which is uh, my employer, and the two offices uh, this week, really for the first time uh, in a really long time, and just the ability to be present and to speak with colleagues face-to-face and spend quality time with them, it's, it, we call it a doma, right? You can't compare. At the end of the day, we make use of technology, and there are many benefits, but to get the vibe of the other person, to, to be able to be physically present. And I know many therapists and many coaches do their work today, you know, via Zoom and via the Internet and via technology. But at the end of the day, like, you are missing that. You have to be able to acknowledge and, and be aware that you're missing something. Right. in the dynamic, in the interaction, if you're not able to sit face-to-face. Right, the same way that a student is sitting on Zoom and listening to a class or interacting with teachers and students through that method, that we have to keep in mind it's just not the same as much as we try to convince ourselves that it is. All right, David Cohen is with us, Reimagining the Relationships that Anchor Our Lives. The book is entitled Together Again. It is a Mosaic of Press release distributed by Feldheim and um, highly recommended. You write about relationships with those different from ourselves. Uh, you can speak about this from a very personal standpoint. And one of the, one of the challenges we always have when we meet uh, people who are of different backgrounds or those who might have uh, special needs is we're never quite sure how to interact with them, how to you know allow uh, what it is that makes them different from us to seep into that relationship and how much of that we should ignore. And you address this a lot in these chapters, in these essays on this topic. What can you tell us about re- relating to those who are different than us? I think you're alluding to a little bit about, you know, my, my wonderful son, Yudidya, who has Down syndrome, our, our Bukhari, 17 years old. And certainly I write about this topic from that perspective. But before I even get to that, I do write a little bit later in the book about the amazing interplay that I only learned about relatively recently between Supreme Court Justices Antonin Scalia, the Coronel of Rafa, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Coronel of Rafa, in the sense that 
they were obviously from polar opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of their of their outlook and their and their perspective and their politics, but they were actually best of friends, closest of friends, and they had the utmost respect for each other, and they were able to kind of put aside their differences and be able to genuinely listen and hear what the other person perspective is, viewpoint is, and they were genuinely open to hearing that. And I think that comes ultimately from having the respect at the core of the, we'll call it Selim Kim, like the other person who's created in the image of, of God. That certainly dovetails beautifully with, you know, special needs children and, and special needs adults and, and people that may be on the surface, on the, on, the, on the exterior. Maybe they don't communicate as effectively as we do. Maybe they look a little bit different, but at the core, they have a, a beautiful spark of God, maybe even a greater spark of God, God within them. And that's something that our society, I, I know that you know, you know, so deeply needs and requires. We live in such a fractured society, a fractured time, whether it's in Israel, whether it's here in the diaspora. It's, it's something that's so critical. If, if people can gain that insight, that little tidbit, that little spark from this book, that it's not the worst thing in the world to have relationships with people that are a little bit, you know, different from ourselves. I actually saw my, my, my good friend, Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg, who's the Rav of Bokorton Synagogue. He was actually promoting over Sukkot. He was encouraging his Balabatim. He was encouraging his family that when they invited Shpizim, when they invite guests into the Sukkah, that this year he was asking people to invite somebody who was very different from you. Like, you know, imagine, you know, a fantasy. Like you're inviting, who would you invite in Jewish history? But invite someone who is not like of your ilk. It's not of your Hasidus. It's not of your viewpoint. And I, I think that's, that's so crucial. We only grow by, you know, you have this like social media, social media echo chambers, right? And oftentimes people on their feeds, they're always basically, they're putting out a position and yeah, great point, but it's, they're, they're talking, they're preaching to the choir, right? How often do we actually venture out to talk to people who genuinely have disparate viewpoints and we genuinely respect and we hear them and listen, we try to inculcate and grow and expand our viewpoints from gaining from other people. That, but I think the undercurrent of just basic respect, sadly, has deteriorated in our society, hasn't been modeled yeah, you know, it, it, it in the ideal fashion. It seems to me that the Scalia-Ginsburg um, model was just, you know, was almost, you know, commonplace in Washington and in other, you know, parts of the world, uh, you know, just a few decades ago. And now it's, you know, we pine for it. Now we wish that people had that type of respect and were able to interact and appreciate the differences and have civil conversations. They disagree on something. I, I don't know what happened, but it just, it seems like that era is a bygone era. It's, it's tragic. I have a footnote of the book where I talk about you know, when I was in the pulpit in, in, in Manhattan, I once gave a, gave a drush on a topic. It was a little bit of a controversial topic at the time, and it, it's flaring up again uh, you know, now without getting into the details of it. But you know, a, 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 men, a trusted mentor of mine who I genuinely had affection for like, basically like, canceled me because that was it. Like, he didn't like what I said, and he didn't like the way I was approaching the issue. And, and it's something that I've felt at times in my life, and I think many of us have felt. And I think the people that genuinely are able to maintain and retain relationships with people that are genuinely different from them in terms of observance level, in terms of perspective, I think they have the richest lives. I really think they have uh, something that many of us lack. And it's something that, again, I know it's hard, just words, but to put it into practice is much more difficult. But it is something that I think needs uh, mention. I'm glad that you, you know, that you gave me the opportunity to share that. Yeah. Uh, you, well, I'm, I'm in full agreement. 
Um, right, David Cohen is with us. All right, we only have a few minutes, and there's so much here I want to get to. Let's uh, let's do a couple of them. Uh, you talk about in the relationship with oneself, and again, this is a you know a big COVID observation: the personal prayer versus communal prayer. Now, I know there are a lot of people that when COVID hit and this unique experience of davening at home uh, became you know <laughs> became prevalent, I know that they were lauding the um, uh, the beauty of it and how much they appreciate it. And some people, sadly, in my opinion, have kept that custom going. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think a personal prayer, you know, can can shine the shoes of communal prayer, if you will. Um, what, what is your perspective on what's best for the Jewish community when it comes to connecting to God? It's a, that's a very big question. I don't know if I'm in position to say what's best for the you know, Jewish community, but I'll, I'll try to, you know, I'll try to tackle it a little bit. It happens to be, it's interesting. You know, I was Meshuganola Osodavar in terms of Tila the Tibor. I was, I was, I have, I, I mentioned in the book that I was once on a vacation and whatever the details were, I ended up in a place where there was no minion for Shabbos. This is pre-COVID. Right. And I was traumatized the entire week. Right. And I was like trying, I was making all these calculations to drive back hours and, and, and burden my family because, I couldn't imagine not being with a minion for Shabbos. And then Hashem sent me a minion, which was an amazing story unto itself. And then fast forward just a, a few months after this whole anecdote happened. And now I'm dominating at home on Shabbos and I'm loving it. And I don't have any anxiety about it whatsoever. And it's like many things. Like I think in life, like we're, we're starting now the parshas of Horatius and Yaakov Avinu is the midah of what's called Tiferes, which means synthesis, which means beauty comes from synthesis, synthesis meaning there could be times when predominantly we want to dominate with the Tibor because of all the milas, because of all the extra strengths we have. You know, if I dominate with you, Nachum, so I, I merit to have all your amazing schuyos that maybe I don't have, and that helps catapult my, my tefillos higher, and that's an opportunity I don't want to squander. At the same time, there were many great Gedol Yisrael, people that I knew personally, great Talmud HaKham, that often did not dominate with a minion. That is a reality. That's a pre-COVID reality. Right. And there, there, there definitely is room, I think, you know, in Jewish prayer, for individual interaction with God in the framework of prayer, uh, you know, it doesn't look. We could pray all day long. Meaning, there is a concept of prayer of talking to God at all times from the comfort of our homes. Maybe not during the delineated minion time, but there is a concept of as well. That if you can't make it to shul, you should try to daven at least at the same time as the tzibur is davening. That right. also has a potency to tap into that. So it's a complex topic, and certainly the. The, you know, the mainstream approach and the approach that I would advocate for is to try to get the shul as much as possible, at the same time appreciating and realizing that in Makomos Hatzila that are not yet fully evolved and not yet in the idyllic frame of uh, where they're supposed to be in terms of creating the right environment, their atmosphere, there may be people at times that could benefit from, you know, davening by themselves. I think that is the reality. And I, and I, have, I have to add, by the way, that I think, I believe I'm right, that some of the Torah giants that you uh, cited uh, who they themselves um, uh, davened in private, uh, they may not recommend that for for the regular lay person. It's it's. Uh, I, I think that that's. I think I'm right saying that that they did not always. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's right. I think it's something that is for. I think that's something that's for a yachid schooler. But I I'd say that on my own level, there are times in my own experience. You know, I'm not embarrassed to say this, where I may, on occasion, on occasion. Like not make that extra effort sometimes, like late at night at eleven thirty at night, a mariv, there's one last one, I gotta drive ten minutes, like where pre COVID I may never have ever thought of not making the effort. Now I sometimes don't, not so much because I'm lazy, as much as it's like, you know what? 
there's an opportunity sometimes to tap back into what that experience was. There's something to that as well, because there was a lot gained. I, I'm talking about people that take it seriously and take prayer seriously and take no, I get relationship that. with Hashem seriously. That's I what get I'm saying. That. Very interesting. Very interesting perspective. I appreciate that perspective. Whether I agree with it or not is irrelevant. I, I do appreciate that perspective very much. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, best place to get the book. What's We're the- demonstrating what we... We're demonstrating what we talked about, Nathan, that we can have different viewpoints, but we can respect each other. <laughs> That's right. No, you, you, you made me think just now, which I appreciate greatly. Uh, best place to Good. get the book. What's the website, the best place to get the book? So my website is RabbiDovidMCohen.com. RabbiDovidMCohen.com. Can, one can avail themselves of both of my books there on my website, as well as a lot of other offerings that I share in terms of individual coaching, working with people one-on-one. The website's a great locale. Amazon has the book. You can you order it on Amazon. You'll get it very quickly. And, and many of the Jewish bookstores, unfortunately, here in the five towns, all three, books, all three Jewish bookstores, I mean, I guess fortunately, the books have all sold out. So we're in the process of getting them reordered. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there should be about, you know, wherever you live in the United States, there should be a nice Judaica store that hopefully, you know, still has some copies on the shelf. Book is called Together Again by David M. Cohen. All right, I, like I said, we're pressed for time, but I'll, I'll do one more with you. You do have a chapter, a part of the book that deals with the relationships regarding parents, spouses, and children. You actually have an essay entitled The State of Marriage in 2022 and Beyond and one entitled Living for the Children. I know it's a big topic. I know it takes a lot more time, but... Could you give us some type of, of summary or some type of observation uh, based on the COVID experience and based on recent times? You do, after all, talk about marriage for 2022 and beyond, about family life in our community. What could you tell us that can uh, be machazic, that could strengthen people when it comes to uh, spouses and children? I, I do a lot of work individually with couples, both in terms of therapeutically and, and coaching them to, to live their best marriages, their best lives. And it's, it's something that at the core, if a person is blessed to be married, and obviously it's a separate discussion in terms of shidduchim crises and people trying to get married is not, you know, not part of our discussion at the moment, but people who are blessed to be married have to, I think, appreciate that that is the greatest blessing that you possibly could have. Now, obviously, if you don't have a happy marriage or a good marriage, you may not feel that. But if anything COVID taught us, we do need to be together again. We do need we do benefit from having other people in our lives, maybe in gradation, maybe, maybe, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less, but we all need other people. It's one of the saddest and loneliest things to be all by yourself, particularly when a person becomes elderly and doesn't have, maybe doesn't have children. I know people, many people I know who never got married, who are older, who are, who are not well and like who takes care of them. And it's even on the most basic level of that, it's so important, but at the core relationships require work. Marriage takes a lot of work. You know, it's taking, fusing together two different people from disparate backgrounds who have to work and have to grow. I just, I look, you know, I look at my own marriage, you know, like I'm married now, Baruch Hashem, you know, almost 19 years. And it's a metamorphosis. It's a, it's a progression. It's something that get to know each other deeper and trust each other more and love each other more. And it comes to giving and it comes to understanding and it comes to changing ourselves. And any growth oriented person can have an amazing marriage, but it takes work and you can't take those relationships for granted. And there's, of course, a trickle-down effect to the children. If we're blessed with children through that marriage, which is obviously the goal of marriage, which we just read last week in uh, Parshas Baratius, ultimately, the children, I mentioned there, I think, an idea from a simple Wasserman and that the children are like little immigrants. They, they soak in like everything that they observe and they see. I see this in my own life. I'm blessed with five beautiful, wonderful children, and they, they see everything. They sense everything. And, 
And sometimes, like recently, like my wife and I were having like a disagreement, and then they they pick up on everything. So, <laughs> sometimes they even misinterpret. Sometimes they misinterpret things. But we have to realize that we're not just you know we're not just investing in our own personal happiness, but we're also investing in our children's future and their happiness because there is a lot of correlation between the types of marriages that kids grow up around and observe and see in terms of their own stability in marriages. And you see often, I you see this very frequently that that children of divorce, it's not, it's not a fait accompli, but certainly I think children of divorce have to work harder right. to establish secure bonds and secure relationships and to ensure that they don't repeat, unfortunately, you know, what they saw growing up. Because we are a product of our experiences. Simple as that. Uh, Rabbi Cohen, always a pleasure. I really do look forward to an even longer conversation with you about these topics and continued good luck and success to you. And, and the Mazdav on the book. Uh, I enjoyed it immensely, and I certainly enjoyed this conversation as well. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for the for the opportunity, for the platform, and continue the amazing work that you've been doing for Claudia for so many years. There's so many of us now that have podcasts, but you're you're basically, you know, you're the originator. You're really the you know the first person who made the imprint that continues to make the imprint. And I wish you bracha and atzlacha and Appreciate that very much. A mosaic of press release. It's together again. The book is called Together Again: Reimagining. The Relationships That Anchor Our Lives. Rabbi David M. Cohen is the author and our guest this morning. Go to the website, RabbiDavidMCohen.com, RabbiDavidMCohen.com. Order uh, either of his two books, including the new one, Together Again, and enjoy. Uh, I certainly, uh, um, I, I, It certainly was a thought-provoking experience for me to read the book and to speak to Rabbi Cohen. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. 